Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get close side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast brought to you by Phantom Brewery. It's been a few days now. We've obviously had a bit of an extended break um, over, over the last over the last week, obviously, due to the passing obviously of the Queen. But we are obviously gearing up for our next game now. Wednesday night, we're playing Sunderland at home, back at the Medeski. And I've got with me James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle to talk about it. James, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you, Matt? Not too bad. Not too bad. Had a nice, quiet, quiet weekend anyway. Quieter than most weekends. Yeah. So They're needed every now and then, aren't they? Just to yes. recharge, <laughs> recharge your batteries. Absolutely. It's a weird situation now because we because coming into the, the game on Wednesday, it'll be 10 days, 10 days mm. from from the previous previous game, obviously, against Stoke at home. It does mean that we've got back to back home home games now and obviously coming off the back of that 2-1 Stoke win. Um, Sunderland up and flying as well. They've had a very good start to the season in eighth. But from a from a Reading perspective, it's a good chance now really to hammer home what has already been a very good start we were talking about it before beforehand kind of with the next two games we've got with Sunderland and Wigan two promoted mm. teams it's kind of these are the teams really and the games that you know realistically we want to be pushing on yeah no definitely these you, you've got to be targeting and I'm, I'm sure Paul Ince you know would have been done because he's you know still very much eyeing survival as opposed to anything else and these he are the keeps games mentioning that... it, doesn't he? He's not really, yeah. <laughs> he's not mentioning anything else but survival. No. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of agree with it. Yeah, this year is the important one, isn't it? You just got to stay above water. I mean, obviously, if, if it gets to like February and we're still up and around it, then we might maybe start to get okay top half or top ten, or you know, maybe it might shift. But for now, only eight games in, you've still just got to see it as a good start and nothing more, nothing less. Two more winnable games, but you know, got to remember that. The opposition will be viewing us as a winnable opponent as well. I mean, we've been down there God knows how many years now. We were tipped to come bottom. So Sunderland and Wigan, you know, will both admit that we've had a good start, but it's a start and, there's, you know, they'll be coming here full of confidence, thinking they can get something out of us. Absolutely. One thing that probably will have benefited Reading is this slight break because after the Stoke game, there was a few injuries that Paul Lintz noted and it's kind of given a bit longer for this team now to to um to recover and hopefully should be relatively strong by Wednesday night 
Yeah, yeah, you got to hope um, Mate will be involved somewhere along the line, as will um, Loom should be back involved. It might be a bit too early for Saar, but you never know. He might sort of sneak him on the end of the bench. He likes to do that sometimes, uh, Ince, where he just says someone's unavailable and then suddenly they're on the team sheet on a, a weekday and you think, how oh, the hell's that happened? Um, Long should obviously be back because he was supposed to be missing um, for the game yesterday. Um, Ajaria in light training, so you never know. They might shove him on and give him 10 minutes at the end. I don't know. But yes, you know, it's the strong is definitely looking stronger and in a better position than we were two, three weeks ago. I think the biggest thing really with it is having that strong bench. If we can get back some of those players, you get that bench. It then gives in the ability to make changes, mm. which has obviously been a thing that's been criticised kind of all through his tenure at Reading, not making changes, but it's because he's got three, four, five academy players on the bench. And you just look at it, you think, what can, what changes can be made? But I guess starting 11-wise, you'd probably anticipate Baba Rahman. He obviously had about a 30-minute cameo mm. against Stoke. He will probably come back into the fray. Will he start with the with with the two up top of Long and Zhao again? It seemed to work quite well. I mean, what are your thoughts, James? Uh, well, I don't know. We obviously don't know the seriousness or sort of the nature of Shane Long's injury. I mean, I think he mentioned something about a viral issue um, on Thursday. So, you know, you know, I'm thinking potentially back to one with Zhao. Um, didn't really work against Sheffield United, did it, um, so much. But, um, you know, it needs must. And, you know, they might even give Kelvin a start. You know, you, you, the thing is, you can never always tell with Ince. You know, there's always, there'll always be one thing that he'll shove in there that you didn't expect. Um, but you'd like to think that Long will be up and about um, and he'll be on the bench at the very least. But yeah, I think he'll be back to one up front, personally. That's fair enough. No, I, th- I think, to be honest, the way the way it's gone so far, he's played both of them. It didn't quite work at Sheffield United having Lucas out top, but I mean, we spoke about it on the podcast at the time. It's Sheffield United at the end mm. of the day. You know, it, it's, it's a very tough opposition. Not many people are going to go to Bramall Lane and you know, expect a draw, let alone a win or get those points really at the end of the day. So um, one of the big bits of news that did break um, on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, in fact, was the potential return of a certain Andy Carroll. And this was broken by yourself, James. Yeah, yeah, no, um, big news, potentially. Um, Obviously, it's nothing confirmed yet nothing sort of over the line so there's always especially with reading at the minute with the way it is there's always a chance it could fall through or the efl could decide to take the next 10 years before they decide <laughs> to approve it or not but um i think it's a, a move that would work for both parties i mean andy carroll's obviously been without a club since leaving west brom he had that sort of rumored move to bruges that fell through as well um so you know if reading can get him back and playing like he was in his first spell I mean, two goals in eight games doesn't look amazing on paper, but the lift he brought to the club, the fan base, the players, he's a good egg. He's well-liked and he's sort of much-needed experience and an added body up there that, you know, if things are not going well in a game, then you can change it up and, you know, hold it up, put it in the box, defend well, you know, defending set pieces. Um, So, no, I definitely think it's a good, a bit of a different option to that of uh, Theo Walcott that they were trying to get over the line on deadline day, but another experienced former England international. And, you know, you can't really complain at the calibre of player that Ince has managed to pull in with, despite all the issues going off the field. Yeah, no, I 100% agree kind of on, on that side. And you you kind of spoke about the, 
the the bounce he brought when when he last came in, kind of the boost mm. he brought with, with with the signing of him. I'll I'll never forget that game. I think it was against Nottingham Forest. Um, when when it was his first game on the bench and when he came on you just had solid chance of Andy Carroll for about 10 minutes and then we scored as well yeah. in, in 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 that time it was it was quite something so hopefully he does bring bring something um depends on how long the deal is it might be obviously until January it might be obviously for the full season I think the details aren't quite as clear mm. as 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 they might seem yet but um we'll kind of see what happens on that side with the signing of, of him, though, you kind of you touched on it. Obviously, Theo Walcott seemingly was the previous signing. Now going to Andy Carroll, mm. is it a bit knee jerk? Is it a bit kind of well, he's all that's left, and Ince just wants to bring in somebody. Uh, well, I don't know. That could sound you know a bit disrespectful to Andy Carroll. You know, he's not a bad sort of option to be able to to pull on. Um, I think you know it's it's just. The, the big thing for Ince this year is experience, as you can see from the people he's brought in. Um, yes, he's obviously a very different style of striker. Um, and then to be honest, I wouldn't even class Walcott as a striker anyway. I don't know if he has last few years for Southampton when he's a, a, a played, but I'll always think of Walcott as, as a winner. Um, so personally, I think it's a, a better option. I, I think if you'd give me the option to sign either of them, I'd have picked Carroll anyway if you're going for a striker. Yeah, no, I... I trying to play a bit of devil's advocate there when 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 i'm asking that question i have to say but yeah i i think some people might be thinking that out there but really Mm. when when you're looking for experience of 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 player i don't think you know there's very few other players that you know you could probably bring in at this level Mm. than andy carroll and obviously he's already got the rapport kind of with the with with with, with the reading staff with the reading fans um so yeah let's let's hope anyway it gets over the line yeah fingers crossed Um, Unlikely, probably to start Wednesday, or even Wigan uh, after that. I I don't think we'll see him uh, until after the international break. Um, a lot obviously needs to happen. The move, you know, as far as I'm aware, isn't you know it's, it's not a cut and dry case just yet. Um, obviously, a lot of communication, a lot of talking and discussions, and and whatever else. Um, so yeah, definitely not for Wednesday. Um, I even think Saturday's a push. So I think maybe give him. You know, obviously he's, he won't have played for a good few months. So give him this week, give him two weeks in international break, and you know, three weeks on, who knows? You might have a new striker playing up front. Let's let's hope anyway, because uh, one thing for certain, he's a quality striker. That's that I don't think's in doubt. And really, we'll have three injury-prone strikers, so hopefully one <laughs> of them will be fit at a, at a certain point. So fingers crossed. Well, that's like that the old uh, Steve Popple thing with the two up front, and they were always yes. injured at different times. So I think he only had to make that decision. On which ones to play twice, I think he said. Yes, yeah. If it works with... that way, then Paul has got an easier job than what he might have. Absolutely, absolutely. And kind of even even from his last time, I was always thinking of seeing Carol and Zhao up top up top together, two six foot four, six foot five strikers. Mm. It's not a nice sight as a defender, but <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, we'll see if that one gets over the line in the next couple of days. It might have even happened by the time this goes out. You never know, but um, fingers crossed for that one. Um. Just finally, again, looking ahead to the game against Sunderland and your views on it, James. Obviously, you touched on it, obviously, with how Sunderland have started. Going to be a tough, tough game. What are kind of your expectations for it and predictions? Are you are you kind of look, looking, expecting a win coming into it? Uh, no, I never expect a win. Um, you know, I've watched Reading for too long to expect a win ever. ever. Um, but, you know, when you look at it on paper, it's one of the more winnable games. 
obviously Sunderland are a bit of an unknown quantity at the minute, obviously with a new manager. Um, you know what you're going to get with Tony Mowbray, but you don't necessarily know how they might choose to set up. Or, you know, obviously they've got no Ross Stewart now. So what they're going to do in terms of trying to find goals. Um, but it's an experienced team for, you know, for a team that have just come up from League One. It's full of championship regulars. Obviously, it will be a 3,000, what, 2,500 packs out of way, and, uh, as, as always. So it should be a um, an entertaining evening. Um, and fingers crossed, obviously, we keep that 100% home form up for another week. Fingers crossed, absolutely. Um what what will what will be interesting to see is obviously it's the second game for Reading with a with a new manager. You know, last time it was uh, Alex mm. Neil, who famously left Sunderland a couple of weeks <laughs> back, and now we're facing his replacement. We got the better of Alex Neil last time. Hopefully, hopefully the new manager bounce doesn't take us this time. But what we will do, we're going to hop over now with the view from the opposition. We've got the Roker report on. We've got Ant obviously hopping on from the Roker report. Um, James, thank you very much for joining us. And Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Uh, brought to you, I should say. I can get the word out there for a, moment, for a minute. I can't get that word out either. It's gone brilliantly. Brought to you by Phantom Brewery. Um, we have on now from a Sunderland point of view, we've got Ant from the Roker Report. How are you doing, Ant? Yeah, I'm good, Matt. Yourself? All good. All good. Thank you. Looking forward to what should be quite an interesting game coming up this week, to be honest, on uh, on Wednesday. Both teams having 10... Uh, actually, Reading will have 10 days off. Sunderland would have had nine days off, obviously, coming off uh, Monday night fixture against uh, Borough, which you guys yeah. lost. But for Sunderland, really, so far, we'll get on to kind of he who shan't be named in a minute. But it had been a very, very solid start, I think, by all accounts. A bit of a up and down start, lots of wins, lots mm-hmm. of losses, but not too bad, really, from you guys so far. No, definitely not. I mean, I would if you'd given us... I think we're about eighth or ninth at the minute now. I'd have bit your hand off. Um, I think it was a difficult start on paper. Obviously, you know, we've took on Norwich, who came down last year and, and really took them all the way. We probably should have beat them, actually. And the fact that they can bring three Premier League players on who were playing last season in the Premier League, it just spoke a lot of their squad. Now we're squad and where we were, to be honest. But we've had a couple of good wins away from home. Uh, you know, we beat... With Bristol City uh, away from home, which I think since then they've never lost. So it goes to show that we're a good side, you know, beating the, beat the team like that. And then obviously we went down to Stoke, beat Stoke, and then all sorts of shenanigans happened after that, but it wouldn't be something otherwise. Um, home form, we've won one, which, you know, with last year in League One, our home form was our, you know, it was our niche really. We were excellent at home. Don't think, I think we lost maybe once or twice all season. Um, but we got a good home win last last time out against Rotherham um, and they were unbeaten as well before and we made them look totally ordinary. So the defeats that we've had, you know, Ferrer I think was the first time we played badly and lost, but all the other games when we had lost, we probably should have got something from that game. You know, last I've, I've mentioned the Norwich game, we battered them for 60 minutes um, and probably should have been one or two nil up. And then even the Sheffield United game, we had Daniel sent off um, and we were well on top in that game. I think we would have come away with something. And you can probably argue, had Ross Stewart been fit against Middlesbrough and not been injured 10 minutes before the game was due to kick off, we might have got something from there. But, you know, Vera, we were, I thought we were outplayed for a, 
a, a vast majority of the game, but then came back into the end and, and had a couple of chances. But um, if you'd given us that at the start of the season, I'd have took it. I think a lot of people had us expected us to struggle, and we still might because we you know we've got a lot of injuries now. But I think we've recruited well. Um, you know, we've got a couple of, of young lads who I think are going to be excellent. Um, so yeah, for me, just enjoy the season. I think I don't think we'll go down. I don't think we'll go up. Uh, you know, give us a boring season, but nothing's boring being a Sunderland fan. No, and I think to be honest, I think what's with what's happened so far this season with everything with uh, Alex Neil and then obviously <laughs> top goal scorer being injured, you could have probably filled up an entire new Sunderland till I die documentary already. I think with everything that's gone on, um, it was meant to start the day Alex Neil left. Yeah. <laughs> the, camera, <laughs> the cameras were due to come back on that day. So, oh. you know, I think this, I, think, I don't think it's going to be a new series, but I think it's going to be like a one off kind of uh, kind of thing with, with Netflix. I mean, we don't particularly care for it as fans, you know, oh. I, I don't really care for it, um, especially being the two years that they decided to film were the worst two years probably in our history. So, never mind. Um, I've never watched the second, uh, the second series, actually. I, I didn't want to watch it um, just because obviously it's like watching a film where you know what's going to happen at the end. And you don't want you've to get upset. The you, you've got yeah. all the spoilers already. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like that Wembley game against Charlton was one of the worst years I've had as, as support on Sunderland. It was just horrible uh, from start to finish. Um, it's what it's one thing I think Reading fans and Sunderland fans can cry on each other's shoulders on on uh, losses at Wembley. We neither of us do very well at Wembley, no. seemingly. <laughs> um, but kind of, we'll we'll touch on it a little bit because obviously the good start you you had. How much probably would you attribute to Alex Neil? Because obviously he came in last season, did fantastically for you. I think was it only one loss in nineteen or yeah, it was, it was yeah. something ridiculous the run you guys went on at the end of last season kind of continued it this this year it's easy to kind of attribute things to a manager or a player but what kind of a loss is uh Alex Neil really for you guys um it's difficult to say because yeah yeah I will give you that he's he, he got us from we wouldn't have got him up without Alex Neil last year you know, we, we were floundering a little bit. We just lost 6-0 to Bolton. And, you know, Lee Johnson was like a rabbit in the headlights. Um, you know, Lee Johnson's a very nice bloke. I've met him a couple of times. Lovely bloke. But as a football, as a, as a job as big as something, I think it was a little bit too much for him. And if it wasn't for Alex Neil, we wouldn't have got up. Um, and at the start of this year, we have we do play some good football. You know, we, we, we're, we're easy on the eye. Um, I think that's why we've been picked quite a lot for Sky early on this season. We've, we have we, we do play good, attractive, quick football. Um, and yeah, of course, a lot of it accounts to to what Alex Neil did. You know, he's um, <clears throat> but <laughs> but I don't want to say anything too nice about him. That's that's the problem. But placed him well. You know, we've got a like we've got Tony Mowbray now, and and this is his this is his like bread and butter. You know, he's a good manager in this level. He's good with youngsters. He did it. I thought he did a hell of a job at Blackburn. I've got to be honest. And what he did at Blackburn was developing young talent to then sell on and replace that money back, which is what our model's going to be. And then obviously, I think the Venkis decided they were going to open another, you know, another another pie shop in India or wherever it was that they said that they would, instead of instead of using that money that. Uh, Mogger should have got so yeah. I mean, of course, Alex Neil deserves a lot of credit for what he's done at Sunderland. Obviously, he's decided that he doesn't want to manage us anymore, he wants to go to Stoke and you know, fill his pockets with a lot more money than what he would have got at Sunderland. But that's up to him. Uh, 
I want to say I wish him well, but I don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't lie. I don't begrudge you for that. And I think most fans, myself included, were kind of bemused at the decision. Well, I, I guess we all know why he did it. Like you said, it was the contract length and the money. But um, yeah, kind of leaving Sunderland for the sunny sights of uh, Sunderland docks for the, <laughs> the more miserable sights of uh, the uh, Stoke trading estates isn't quite that's it. And we've had, we've had that done before as well. We've had that with, with Sam Allardyce, obviously. But he left us yeah. for England, which is fair enough. You know, you, yeah. you can't let that, you know, you can't get that again the way of anything. And, and Sam Allardyce is still someone who's well, you know, well loved in Sunderland. Had Alex Neil have left for, you know, a bigger job, you know, a Premier League team or whatever, I don't think we would have had, you know, we probably wouldn't have been able to have, a, have an argument against us. But he's left us, and I don't mean to say this any disrespect to Stoke. You know, I think Stoke's a good, well-run football club, but you know, they're not as big as Sunderland are. And this isn't being arrogant. You know, we've got state-of-the-art, you know, training facilities. We've got a forty-eight thousand-seat stadium that gets relatively filled. We've got superb fans. We've got, you know, we, we, you know, we've just got that kind of global brand, which I don't think Stoke has. But you know, Stoke have got a very rich owner who's lined his pockets. So it is what it is. Absolutely. And kind of as one manager leaves, like you say, another comes in and Tony Mowbray, I don't think really you could have wanted or asked for a more accomplished kind of championship manager. He's done such a fantastic job, like you said, at Blackburn over the past, I think it's about five years, I think he spent it mm-hmm. at, at Blackburn. I think Blackburn got a bit bored of it towards the end because it, they were kind of stable and not going anywhere. But that's no disrespect really to, to Tony Mowbray because he got, got them up there and challenging at the top of the table definitely to top six um kind of excitements for, for for you guys obviously i think has he had two games now with with yeah with we've, we've yeah, obviously beat rotherham and, and lost to middlesbrough yeah. yeah so it's kind of up and up and down a little bit you get that little new manager bounce but um kind of hopes for for tony mowbray yeah i think he'll stabilize us you know um that's all we want i think i don't think that many fans you, you get you know you, you get obviously the, the glasses half full guys who say you know why not push for the playoffs i don't think we'll make the playoffs this season i don't think that the expectations for, for that but what he will do i think is, is make us hard to beat and he'll develop these young lads i mean we've signed three young lads on on deadline day you know obviously um ahmad from manchester united who, who cost 37 million quid you know what i mean you you, you You've got to be a good player, haven't you? You know what I mean? They don't all come along at once. Uh, uh, Edouard Michoud from uh, PSG, who actually was playing for them last year. Um, again, you know, they don't just hand them out. You know, he's got to have something about them. And um, Ibrahim Bar, who I don't really know that much about, but a couple of the reporters I spoke to said that he's, you know, we've got the potential of going all the way and being a Premier League player. So what, what Mowbray will do is, you know, kind of, you know, get them used to the football. I don't think he'll bring them in straight away. He'll get them used to how quick the football is, um, you know, be very patient with them. And uh, and also, you know, I think help, you know, help nourish the likes of Dan Neal, Elliot Embleton, who we've already got a, a good young nucleus of players there. So I, I don't think we could have asked for a better manager. You know, I, I know that Liam Manning was was linked and I would love Liam Manning in, in a long-term kind of basis in four or five years' time. But now we needed someone. We needed a good, a good championship manager with good pedigree, good working with the, uh, the youngsters, and who knew what our business model was going to be. And I think Moga ticks all in boxes, to be honest. No, I I completely agree. To be honest with 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 kind of how how Mowbray should fit in with kind of the squad that you already have. Um, but kind of looking 
looking forward a little bit to the game at the weekend, uh, not the weekend, sorry, game on Wednesday. Um, one player I think a lot of Reading fans have been looking at and probably worried to see play against us won't be starting. Ross Stewart, <laughs> he's been kind of pivotal in your in in your fantastic start, really. I mean, five goals, three assists. He's kind of doing everything. He's running the show and almost continuing his form from last year because he was fantastic for you last year. I think scoring 20, was it 22 goals? Or so? I think, or 26 like goals. 26 yeah. in all competitions, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean he's he's amazing. Um and it, it is a shame that he's I, I think it's a shame for, for Redden fans as well not to see how good he is because he's he's got everything, you know, he's just he's brilliant in the air, he's brilliant on the floor, he holds the ball up really well, he brings other players into the into the game, he's so selfless. I mean, he's going I think he will play in the Premier League, I really do, and I think he'll play at a good level. Um you know, we only spent like three hundred and seventy five thousand on him and we bought him as a left winger. And he's just ended up being, you know, the centre forward who he's he's absolutely tremendous. And uh it is a shame. He's our best player by by an absolute country mile. And we I think what we'll do on Wednesday is change the formation a little bit. As uh, I don't know if you watched the game last week against Barra Ellis Sims isn't a, a front mat like a lone striker. Um we're gonna have to probably you know get in around and so I think we'll switch to a 4-3-3 and have a couple of wide men at either side. Uh, I'd imagine Ahmed will come in um, and Jack Clark, who has also had a very, very good start of the season. Um, another one I think will go very far. Um, you just needed to I was, find, I think... I was going to mention I was going to mention Jack Clark there because he came in from, from Tottenham from you. Obviously had fantastic yeah. time at Leeds and he's just one of those that I think kind of, when he moved to Tottenham, kind of lost his way a little bit. Because yeah. coming into a team like that, you either you you either make it or you you don't. You got to be a fantastic player to break into that team. But now, moving away properly again from from Tottenham to you guys, it's a hell of a platform really to to kick on his career. Definitely, and you know what? I think with Jack Clark, you just need to find his love for the game again, which it's hard when when a young lad goes to you know, the team like that, you know, we've seen it with the likes of Jack Rodwell or there's another one we shouldn't name, but we've seen it with, with a lot of players who go to big clubs and get put in under 23s and it just completely stuns their their growth in, in the game really. And, you know, Jack came to us last year and to be honest, he didn't start that well. Um, he, the last three or four games, he was excellent and probably was one of the main catalysts that we got into the playoff final. Um, but he's, this season, he just, he just, he's one of these players who looks better in the championship that you would in League One, which I think that's why we are doing better because we've got a lot of players who were more suited for the championship because you get a bit more time on the ball, don't you? You can play football in, in the championship, whereas in League One, it's League One. <laughs> you know, you got a lot of bustle on in your it, face. It is. And... It, it is, yeah. But, but Jack's been amazing. Um, and I think he's the one that, apart from Ross Stewart, that Redden fans will need to watch out for. Um, like I said, I just think it's a shame. I think it's a shame when every good player gets an injury because there's a lot of fans who would like to see that player. You know, um, when we were playing Man City, and Aguero got injured, and I was gutted because Aguero didn't come to Steam. Like, he came the year after and scored a hat-trick, but you know, I was just devastated. So you, you kind of do want to see these players. You want all, I think you want both teams to be at fully strength, then it's a, it's a fairer game, I think. No, 100%. And you you just want to see a good game between the two. And I mean, Reading fans might be happy not to see him in the team on a competitive point of view. But I mean, I have to say, I was looking forward to seeing him just yeah. purely because of the start he's made. You know, I think he's 
currently second, I think, in the scoring charts in the championship. And he's just a player that can do everything. And he's not that much older than me. That is just very worrying, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> making me feel old. But um, but kind of, you've touched upon a couple of players there. For for Reading fans watching the game, you said that obviously they're probably going to switch to a 4-3-3 on Wednesday night. If there's one player you're probably going to pick out for Reading fans to, to keep an eye on, who would it be? Um, I've already mentioned Jack Clark, I'm less, so I'll, I'll switch. Um, I think Lyndon Gooch has had a very, very good start the season. Um, another one who kind of lost his way at Sunderland, um, but he's he's changed now into a full like a, a right wing back, and I would imagine he's going to play full back on uh, on Wednesday. But he bombs forward. He's very strong. He's he's great in the tackle. Um, so he likes to get forward and you know put a few assists in. So I think he's one to watch out for. And then obviously the main man, Alex Pritchard, you know, what a player he is as well. And I remember when we signed him in Huddersfield and Norwich fans were like laughing, saying he, he's he's absolutely hopeless. He doesn't try, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. And he is a phenomenal footballer, you know, and, and the, the amount of work he's put in this season has been second to none. And I remember talking to a Norwich fan when we played and he's like, that's a different player altogether. And I think that's what we've done with, with the likes of Pritchard and, and uh, Patrick Roberts is another one. We've put our arms around them and said, "Come and rebuild your career here," and and we're flying because of that. So I think it's a, so I think it'll be a really really good game on Wednesday. I think both sides were tipped to have, you know, not great seasons and be down there. And, you know, we've we've both kind of you know said never mind that, and we're both relatively high in the league. So I think it'll be a really good game. It'll be um what I think we'd want to watch to be honest. One of them ones where it'll be a lot of goals and uh, me and the best side win really. Well, it's just <laughs> <laughs> well I, I have to say, I don't think many pundits or there were many out there that predicted Reading to finish higher than 24th. So the fact that, you know, we're, we're third in the table mm. and... Was that just the Paul Ince factor, though? Is that all that was? Because, like, I did mm. a, I do another podcast as well and a, a lad we got on from, uh, I think it was a commentary fan, it was literally just because they got Paul Ince and, and I thought, well, that's a bit harsh, but I'm not sure. I think there was a lot of factors. Paul Ince was a quite a big factor because, to be honest, I don't think many many fans really were looking at it and thinking he's the man to take us forward. Mm. Uh, just looking at what he's done previously and when he came in, it was it, it was kind of a stumble over the line job. It's we've seen this time and time again with managers before. But then you look at the embargoes on the side of it and everything. Mm. It was uh, it was a recipe for you know relegation. I think there might have been some Reading fans that were a little more optimistic. But to be honest. My main thought, probably just like you, you guys, is just survival. Just stay up, stay up, and stabilize. You know, if we can push to, towards the middle of the table, then fantastic. But yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's more just of the stabilization front. <laughs> um, but it's the games on Sky on on Wednesday night. Are you going to be backing Sunderland for a famous TV win at the SEL? Um, well, we're not on. We're not having a very good record so far on Sky this year. I think we've been on three times and lost twice and drew one. So we need to win at some point. Um, I think that if bodes we... well with Reading's dreadful midweek record. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think if we can find a way of playing without Roster, I think that's. But we've had nine days to you know just come up with a new plan. I do think we will change formation. Um, so if those lads coming in. Replacing Stuart. And obviously Dennis Serkin's out as well, and Serkin's had a very good start the season. Um, so we have to change our you'll probably change our back line and we have to change our front line. So but if we can get to be honest, we looked better in a four three three last year. So I don't wanna 
I don't kind of want to put the jinx on it, but I just, I just I can see us winning. But I think there'll be I think there'll be goals in it. I really do. I think it'll be a really good advert for the championship. At the end of the day, I think that's all what most fans would would want: a good advert for the championship, a good game, and um, hopefully it won't end in a Sunderland win for Reading fans. But um, <laughs> if it does, hopefully it's a good game. Um, and fa- thank you so much for obviously coming on. Um, and from the Broker Report, obviously, if you're a Reading fan and want want to get a bit up to date on the Sunderland side of things, obviously go go over to their channel. I think you've got a couple of different pages, don't you, for your pod and your website? Yeah, we're on Twitter at Roker Report Pod, and obviously at Roker Report, um, we've got a website. Um, we're pretty much everywhere, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you again for hopping on, and um, we will be back, obviously, with a post-match uh, podcast um, following the Sunderland game. That will probably come out Thursday evening, I would have thought. Um, so, obviously, give us a like on there. Give us, uh, make sure you obviously you're listening. Give us your feedback, and we will catch you on the next one.